And you are listening to FOW Live here on the FOW uh, Radio Network on Podbean. Patrick, your host with me, Danny Danger, of course, paying our tribute to uh, Life That Was Lost recently. Scott Hall, also known as Racer Ramon. Uh, Danny, I mean, we, we could wait for the, the rest of the folks to get here. They get here, but man, I don't know about you, but of, of all the people, it's like I feel like Scott Hall is one of of the ones from our generation that, that, that we really, the first, the, from our generation that we first lost. Um, I don't know about you, but it's just, the feelings are there. Well, not not really the, I mean, not the first that we've lost. I mean, you know, there were kind of a lot of of sudden losses for us growing up as wrestling fans. Um, you know, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Hillman. But, but I see what you mean is that, you know, somebody who's who's kind of gotten older and become a veteran, and you know, it it did come as kind of a shocker, um, just because you know he's he had been in such poor health, and then you know, like ten years ago, he kind of you know he locked back up with DDP again, and DDP kind of helped him get on to a healthy lifestyle. Now we had heard of you know a few moments of relapse. And things like that, but unfortunately, you know, as an addict, <coughs> it's it's a constant struggle, and uh, you never, you know, it's it's a disease that you always battle, and so relapses are are possible. But thankfully, he did have a strong support network and was able to get back on the straight and narrow. Um, and you know, the way that that he passed away was also just kind of sudden too, as he had gone in for. You know what's what most would consider a, a routine type surgery in a hip replacement, mm-hmm. but I guess just the uh, the effects and long term effects of just you know drug use and abuse and misuse of his body in his younger years just kind of took a toll on his body and it, it kind of led to some complications which led to three heart attacks very close together and. Uh, yeah, it was kind of shocking to hear that news at first, and then, you know, it seemed like, like that he might kind of pull through, that things were were possibly going to get better, and then, you know, the the wrestling community was kind of there with, with crossed fingers, hoping that that things would continue to get better, and unfortunately, they didn't. And uh, yeah, you could see the way it has it has kind of affected and hit the wrestling community. And, you know, and it comes to one of those times where you start hearing the, the stories of, of him once again that, you know, that we, that most fans and stuff haven't really heard before. And, you know, it's, I mean, it is a very tragic end for him, but at the same time, I mean, thanks to kind of, to his friend Paige and getting him back to a healthy lifestyle, I mean, he gave Scott Hall so many more healthy years of his life. Um, you know, I mean, to the point where Scott Hall was able to get out and enjoy life and, you know, receive his, his not one, but two WWE Hall of Fame inductions, his two rings. Mm -hmm. And he was able to go back, you know, go now to the convention circuit, you know, in, in fairly good health and meet a lot of fans and talk to people, um, you know, about the influence that he had on them growing up and, 
you know, and, and talk to the younger generation of wrestlers and, and hear their stories and be there to, to talk and support them through, um, you know, and, and you kind of find out, you know, that, that although he called himself a bad guy, he was, he was very far from it. Um, yeah. you know, all the yeah. stories we've heard are glowingly positive about his, his just demeanor and his attitude and how he was always there to help and support, you know, he, he was when, when Vincent Mann was, you know, setting up these cease and desist letters towards bullet club, you know, and their use of, of too sweet and the, and the hand sign and these kind of things. Scott Hall was the one who, who gave them his glowing permission and said, Hey, yeah, you know, this is something that, that I helped create. If you guys want to use it and do something awesome with it, I like what you guys are doing. You have my blessing. So although that may or may not have made much, you know, meant much in a legal sense, but in the world of professional wrestling, getting the getting that kind of support from, you know, kind of the innovator of something, be it a move or or uh, a slogan or or something like that, is is always a great thing um, right. for those guys and just for wrestling. You know, and it it showed, you know, where a lot of veterans become kind of old and jaded and, and, you know, all they do is complain about modern wrestling and all that. It showed that he was watching, he was paying attention, um, you know, and supporting. And I mean, his, you know, ultimately to a point where his son, Cody, uh, Cody Hall was a member of Bullet Club um, until he had a very severe injury and kind of had to take take a long hiatus. Um and, you know, Cody had just started making his way back in the wrestling ring after after breaking his neck and being gone for almost two years. And then, and then his dad passes away. So it, it has been quite a blow. And, yeah, I've, I've heard from a lot of other fans, too, that he is kind of like the first really cool, really good guy um, from our generation, you know, of, of, yeah. of kind of wrestling titles to kind of pass away in such a manner, you know, because it wasn't some sordid, violent end, you know. It was complications of old age, essentially, kind of, you know? I mean, so that's – it's it's a very different than than some of the others that we lost along the way. Yeah. yeah. And we we, we people um, for many other reasons, you know, some reasons, too young. But I think Hall is just one of those guys who probably would have lost a long time ago and not turned his life around. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And much and under much worse circumstances, and that's what I mean. Because he tur- he was able to turn his life around, he was able to enjoy, you know, his, his the last you know five to ten years in much better health and much better quality of life than so many others. Yeah. And, man, think about the career that Scott Hall had, you know I mean? Uh, I mean, people, you know, many people may have seen the Diamond stuff back in WCW, but or, or even Scott Hall in the AWA. But, yeah. man, Razor Ramon in the 90s, I mean, he made a kid go from lightning to one, two, three. And as quickly as you can count one, two, three, that kid was made, uh, you, know, he, you know, the ladder match for WrestleMania 10. You know, would we have the type of ladder matches, TLC matches that we have now 
had it been called Razor and Sean in WrestleMania 10. And then, you know, one of the greatest independent champions of all time. Then goes off, and as we heard at the top of the show, that promote the invasion, anger, the NWO. I mean, from there, I mean, it just changed the pro wrestling sports entertainment atmosphere forever. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, um, you know, and he was, if I remember correctly, he was the first one to kind of step onto WCW. Before Kev came in, he was kind of seen lurking around and stuff, and they were like, oh, crap, it's, you know, it's Scott Hall. And then Kev would join him, if I remember correctly. Uh, maybe, yeah, he maybe. showed up first Memorial Day 1996. I think it was two, three weeks later that uh, would come with him. Nash joined him. That's his yeah. You, I mean, a guy who literally went from, you know, the, the dying days of the territory into, you know, the cartoony world of WWF at the time. And then into and you know basically was one of the few men to help orchestrate us into you know what's known as kind of the boom period of the attitude era and you know carry on a career somewhat you know after that but you know and then his kind of demons caught up to him and he and he kind of took took several years away from the spotlight and yeah you know thankfully was able to kind of return to that and you know i've heard a lot of you know young wrestlers and stuff talk about about advice he gave them or just, or just small pieces of, you know, support and stuff. And just coming from somebody of his stature, you know, even, even just a small word of support meant just so much more, um, you know, and he, and he, and he was more than happy to do that. And that was, you know, I mean, essentially that was part of, of him doing the one, two, three kid thing. I mean, a lot of wrestlers probably would not have, have been in that you know, willing to do that, willing to possibly risk their own character at the expense to build somebody else up as, you know, a quote unquote relative newcomer, you know, and, and, and help make them into a star. Um, and you know, that was, that was what he did. And I've heard a lot of things, you know, I mean, I've even, even the Japanese wrestling community was kind of affected because, you know, after WCW fell, he did spend some time in Japan, um, you know, prior to, the NWO appearing in uh, in the WWF WWE, um, and he wrestled a very very young Tanahashi in what was essentially a squash match. I watched the match recently, and he completely dominates the match, hits the outsider's edge, you know, and uh, and then decide, but you know, rather than pinned, he decides to get on the mic and start calling out. Uh, the champion, who I, I think was Chono at the or no, it was, it was Muto. He starts trying to call out the Muto and say, "Hey, man, you know, if you get in the, if you ever talk to me or you get in the ring with me, it's going to be the same thing happening to you." Tanahashi rolls him up and pins him. Um, and you know, yet again, a star of his caliber, really, even to try and build something else, did not have to sit there and let himself get beaten by somebody who was still very young, you know, Tanahashi was only a couple years into the, you know, into new Japan at the time. He was very far from becoming the ACE, but you know, Scott Hall told him and saw something in him and, and told him, he said, you are, you are the future here. And, you know, and, and Tanahashi kind of spoke about that after, after Hall's passing. And he said that how much that meant to him. And, you know, that, you know, one people, 
like him and the supporters who saw so much in Tanahashi so early on are the reason that he continues to try to push himself today to try to make people like that proud. And right. it was just a small thing. I mean, to, to Hall, it was it was business, and he saw it as that, and he saw it as building the people behind him, where so many stars of you know, especially coming out of his day, would would not have put themselves you know, quote unquote, put themselves at risk to try to build somebody else up. They would have just dominated, pin you know, he would have pinned Tanahashi and then and then made his promo rather than made it kind of mid ring during the match and allow himself to get beaten. Um, yeah, you know, like, and, and nobody would have questioned him either. Yeah, yeah, no, oh yeah, it would have been expected. It would have been one hundred percent expected, and, you know. Um, and that was two thousand one, and you know, it just shows. You know, I guess, and and with his passing, you know, being, I mean, he was in his mid sixties. He was still on the convention circuit. He was still going to shows and talking to to people and all this. You know, I mean, he's. The influence that he made, you know, could have still continued to be made had had it not been for for this unfortunate kind of circumstance. But a a true star, uh, a true legend, somebody who understood what professional wrestling is in a business sense, um, you know, in and sees sees the talent in people, you know, or saw the talent in people and the potential in people. And was willing to to go out of his way to kind of to kind of give them that kind of recognition, which is 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 very rare, especially like I said, for somebody of his caliber to kind of go out of their way to 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 put over young people, to talk to young people, to kind of support them, um, is is just rare. Yeah, uh, man. But what a career! What a what a guy! And you know, yeah, he hates Jews and. People say what they say about the man also, but as far as pro wrestling is concerned, uh, it's it's a huge loss. And, you know, uh, yeah, he, I think I, I'm glad that he was able to be in the whole train. He had his own standalone induction, and he got to be with the NWO, and I think that, that, that he got to experience that one last time last year. Yeah. yeah. What's a great thing? I mean, you. I mean, his his name had kind of been under, you know, on the list for some time. But I think that learning more about him, you know, oh, you know how he was over the last, you know, five ten years. I I think he definitely goes. You have to put his name towards the top of the list of those guys who were like the greatest wrestler to never be a world champion. And some yeah. would say yeah. he was world champion in. You know, I think somebody said he was. You know. WWC in, in Puerto Rico or something, and that's technically considered a world champion. But you know, by most mainstream wrestling standards, you know, he was not world champion in WCW. He was not world champion in WWF. You know, he didn't go to TNA and have some big stellar run there where he became NWA champion or, or TNA Impact champion or something. You know, he held the Intercontinental title and and t- multiple tag team titles, and uh, you know, and and yeah, was he was perfectly. You know, he could have been pushed up into that area, into that level. Um, but the level that he was at, he always made good. And he always made his time, you know, in that spotlight mean something. Like you said, his match, you know, he basically, you know, not only revolutionized, you know, pro wrestling in the sense of, you know, the NWO and and those kind of things. and, and uh, But the ladder match, 
you know? I mean, ladder matches have been done before. You know, obviously it was not a new concept, but um, taking it to that extent and in that high profile, such a spot, you know, in, in international pay-per-view and, uh, you know, his matches with Sean, you know, we're essentially the the building block that, you know, the, the Hardys and Edge and Christian and stuff watched a bunch of times and said, okay, we're going to do what they did and we're going to take it up another level. And, you know, in that first ladder match and then that, you know, continued to grow into TLC and, you know, all the different incarnations of, of ladder and tables and ladders and chairs and all these things that we have now, um, you know, was because of, yeah, what he, what he and he and Sean did there at, at WrestleMania and at SummerSlam. And, um, but yeah, so long live Razor Ramon Scott Hall, the bad guy. May you rest in peace. Um, I'm sure we'll continue to see him being remembered as WrestleMania season rolls on. But the show must go on, Danny. It always does. And, and the show of shows is in the horizon. Yeah. But before that, before we that, we have a whole lot more in New Japan Cup. Yes. If if you're live right now, if you've caught up and our fans have caught up, the semifinals are set, and those happen uh, on Sunday. The semifinals Mm -hmm. on Saturday, the finals on Sunday. Um, So we pretty much have everything so far, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to run through all of the matches that happened in the second round, the third round, and then give me your highlights here. Okay. Uh, second round, you uh, just the first one last, last two weeks ago. Um, yes. Yeah. All right, lots happened in the last two weeks. All right, round two, Okada defeats Master Wato. Taishi defeats Tenson. Uh, Okada goes on to then defeat Taishi to move Ta- to the quarterfinals. Taichi beat Tenzan because Tenzan had to forfeit, so it was a bye. Yeah. Right. actually it was, finished. Yeah. True. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, Goto defeated, defeated Togo. Big Togo. Uh, Sima defeated uh, Kanemaru. Ten, uh, then uh, Sima went up to defeat Goto. Um, and then Hashi defeated uh, Fale. Naito defeated Ghetto. Naito defeating Tanahashi. Uh, Jeff Cobb defeated Kojima. Yoshihashi defeated Koji Fujita. Uh, Jeff Cobb then goes on to defeat Yoshihashi. Great Khan defeated Taiji Ishimori. Saksevi Jr. defeated Duki. Saksevi Jr. ended up defeating the Great Khan. Uh, and then Hinari fell to Sonata. Will Ospreay defeated ELP. Will Ospreay defeated Sonata in the in this, in the third round. Uh, Shingo defeated Tangaloa. Chase Owens defeated Tiger Mask. Because why not? Chase Owens just give him a couple more wins. Uh, Shingo defeated Shane, Chase Owens in the third round. Uh, Evil defeated Tamatonga. Uh, Ta- Takahashi. Uh, Hiromu defeated Suzuki. Uh, then uh, Takahashi defeated Evil. Um, a lot to go through uh, the, uh, the the second and third round before we go to the quarterfinals. But then, what were some of the, the matches that stood out to you in, in the second and third round? And, and second question to that is... 
give us an update on the uh, Bullet Club Civil War because Bullet Club is not fine. Well, we we thought Bullet Club was not fine, but as it turns out, Bullet Club is fine. Um, so before I get into the, the New Japan Cup, we found out essentially that there is not a division within Bullet Club as as it was seemingly predicted that you know after Jay White attacked uh, Tamatonga and cost the Gorillas of Destiny the Impact Championship and and claimed that he threw them out of Bullet Club in Impact Wrestling. Uh, both Tamatonga and Tongaloa were announced as being in the New Japan Cup. So it was kind of to see, okay, how how is the the rest of Bullet Club going to react? You know, are are there going to be Bullet Club sides? Are people you know people going to side with Tama? People going to side with Jay White? Is there going to be you know? A Bullet Club black and white and a Bullet Club red and, you know, red and black. I mean, lots of speculation. Um, but we saw during the New Japan Cup that there is no fission. There is no split in the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is united and G.O.D. is out. G.O.D. and Jado with them are expunged from the Bullet Club. And the Bullet Club is united and back to their dirty, nasty tricks, uh, you know, and, and more, I would say more unified than they have been for several years and a little bit dirtier, nastier than they have been for several years. Um, you know, the part of the big story coming out of that, too, was Giotto being expelled with them as Giotto sided with G.O.D. And, you know, over the last couple years, G.O.D. had kind of garnered a lot of a lot of support from the fans because they they weren't really using the traditional underhanded bullet club tactics you know Giotto would rarely get involved in their matches he was more there as moral support you know there were those times but they were they were fewer and further between than in the past um and Giotto yeah sided with the gorillas of destiny and his friend Gato uh, they had been working together. They they just recently would have celebrated 33 years as a working partnership in professional wrestling. Gato turns on Giotto, punches him in the mouth with the brass knuckles, and kicks him out of Bullet Club too, effectively ending that partnership. Fale, of course, turned you know kicking out Tama Tonga, Tama and Fale, you know were the the two resounding founding members of Bullet Club that have been there from the beginning. Uh, you know, two of the original four. And, uh, you know, they came up and trained in the dojo together. And Devitt was there. And Anderson were there as, you know, already established stars. And they were kind of mentoring Fale and Tong and Tomatonga. And then the four got together and decided to found Bullet Club. So, yeah, a long, long history Um between Fale and Tama, and everybody was worried, you know, well, as, you know, one would expect Fale would stick with Tama Tonga, but he said it is Bullet Club over everybody, and the club is more important than than anything else. And so he followed suit, and Hiroza Zetsu and Giotto are no longer part of Bullet Club. Um, and it's an unusual thing happening as we saw the rounds progressing. In the New Japan Cup, in the pre-show match, you know, the the earlier matches, we would see lots of mixed tags as G.O.D. and Jada would try to get their revenge. Um, every chance they could get to try to get their hands on the Bullet Club, I guess we can 
discuss more of that a little bit later. But um, so back to the actual cup matches. Um, you know, somebody who's really had an opportunity to shine is, is Shima. And, um, you know, he, you know, has been a freelancer for several years as part of Stronghearts, the, the unit. And um, they've been bouncing around to several different promotions. Uh, you know, they, their kind of home promotion is Glate, which is one that I'm, you know, which does not have nearly as strong a presence over here in, in the Western world. Um, you know, and still kind of considered an independent in Japanese professional wrestling. Um, you know, so Shima had come over uh, at Wrestle Kingdom and, and had joined the, the Rambo and made it to the Final Four to where he would get a chance to, to possibly be in the KOPW, uh, you know, the KOPW provisional title holder. He did not win that. He was not involved in the, the pinfall either. And so part of that is what earned him his his spot in the New Japan Cup, and he has had tremendous matches. His match with Kanemaru was was outstanding. Um, you know, just a, a a great technical wrestling uh, exhibition that showed a lot of what Shima can do. You know, it was a chance for for Kanemaru to shine really well as well. Um, and uh, you know, of course, his his match with uh. Shima's match with Goto was also really good. You know, a very different match. He, you know, Shima went in very with his legs severely damaged from all the work that Kanemaru did to it. And Shima was able to overcome that. And, you know, the power and size difference between he and Goto, and he was able to get the win. Um, so he's, you know, he's had a really good and fun and exciting run um, in this tournament for the first three rounds. Uh, a few others, you know, Jeff Cobb, of course, just yeah. outstanding. I mean, since, you know, he was always good and, you know, we, you and I have been fans of him for a lot of years, you know, since, since before Lucha Underground and even through Lucha Underground and, uh, you know, since joining the United Empire and essentially kind of embracing his, his more, his more bad guy side, um, he's just kind of turned on a, a new energy in New Japan, you know, as, as kind of a friendly good guy and part of Hauntai, he was he was always kind of a mid level guy. You know, he would kind of his matches would go up and down. You know, his his you know his first ever uh, G one. You know, I think he only got six points, so he won less than half of his matches. And then you know this year he went he won eight matches in a row before losing the the block final to Okada. Um, you know, so that just shows the kind of change in him, and he's continued to do that. Um. You know, throughout the New Japan Cup, he was, you know, considered one of the one of the heavy favorites um, going in as somebody who who could realistically win the New Japan Cup this year. Um, you know, yeah. his match with Yoshihashi was really good. Most people didn't really expect Yoshihashi to win, but Yoshihashi is also a guy who's turned up his his stock and his energy um, the last couple of years. <laughs> Pretty much since Yoshihashi, you know, managed to find himself on the on the winning never uh, open weight six man championship team, Yoshihashi really turned up his game, and uh, he's you know they they put on a big run as the never open weight champions. He and Goto went through and had a great run and and dominated the the world tag league and won the championships at Wrestle Kingdom. And Yoshihashi's you know doing a lot better and and having a lot more exciting singles matches. And so mm-hmm. even though. 
everybody expected Cobb to win that match. There were quite a few moments when it looked like Yoshihashi might actually actually get the win on Cobb, um, as he had in in the G one. Uh, last yeah. year, G one, you know, the G one previously, not last year's, but the G one prior. Um, and it was exciting. That one was exciting to see for me. Um, you know, just because I I was a guy who was always kind of down on Yoshihashi too, just like oh, you know, the guy guy goes out there and he looks like he doesn't even care. You know, he looks kind of like he give he doesn't even really give a crap, and uh, and then he somehow found that energy and is now an is now an exciting part. And every you know, he's not a way I'm a guy I'm going out of my way to see, but I'm always pleasantly surprised when I see his matches. And uh, you yeah. know, against some of the caliber of Cobb, it, they they definitely both brought that. Um. Moving on, Zack Saber to the other side of the bracket. Zack Saber Jr. and the Great Ocon. Great Ocon was my original pick to win the tournament. I saw the way that he had been slowly kind of building up and building up and building up over the last several months, and I felt that the the New Japan Cup would be his way to you know if he were to win or make the finals, be the way to establish Great Ocon as as a possible main event player. Um, unfortunately, he didn't do that. But he had great matches, and his match with Zack Sabre Jr., um, just as awesome as it was when they battled in the G1, and Zack submitted him. Great Ocon took a slightly different approach in this matchup, um, you know, strategically. And, but it came down to the same end. Zack Sabre Jr. was able to submit him again. Um, Will Ospreay over Sonata. Uh breaking Sonata's orbital bone in the process and causing a referee stoppage, um, which is, you know, an extreme rarity, especially in a, a tournament, the caliber of the new Japan cup to have a referee stoppage rather than a submission or a pinfall. Um, that, you know, that was a big statement maker because Osprey, you know, looks to, you know, he was a champion. He vacated it and then claimed, you know, then essentially claimed that he never lost it and went to wrestle kingdom and, and properly lost it to Okada. Um, so, you know, he was, I think a lot of people considered him to be a favorite. He won the new Japan cup last year, uh, earning him the shot at, at the championship that he would eventually win. Uh, so I think that, you know, he was, he was definitely seen as a favorite, but you know, that huge statement win over Sonata was just, was just really like a, a, a an eye opener. I think for a lot of people And you know, the quality of wrestler that that Will Osprey is has never been a doubt, but as a heavyweight and with more with more body mass and muscle to him, he's just taking a different energy. And with the United Empire, he's he's a very very different wrestler than he was a couple of years ago, and he keeps proving that to people. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think definitely. Just those two rounds that we had tons of great matches. Uh, yeah, like you said, some, some matches that maybe you wouldn't have expected would have, you know, you would have enjoyed. Like, you know, Shira Goto was really good. Uh, of course, the, the kind of matches you can never go wrong with. I think uh, personally, yeah. Uh, and I, I have yet to see a bad, sad, sad game match. Um, so that's yeah. it's just always great. Uh, uh, you know, I was surprised that it always went all the way to the third round. Uh, you know, I guess. You should uh, token American in the third round, I think. 
kind of, yeah. Well, well they yeah, they do. Like, just how it's yeah. Yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeff Cobb is I mean he Jeff Cobb is from Hawaii, yes, but he wrestled in the Olympics for the country of Guam or of his ancestry. So we can go ahead and say he's he's not like mainstream America. I mean, Chase is Southern American, you know. I mean, it doesn't get much more American than being from the South, brother. No. Um, no. Uh all right, well, let's go ahead and break down the uh, the, the quarterfinals here. And we get four really fun matches. Uh, very different, first, very awesome matches, yeah. Yeah. First up, one side, we got Okada defeating Shima and Naito defeating Jeff Cobb. Yeah, um, yet again, I was talking about, you know, Shima and just how well he's doing. And, you know, people who followed him, and, you know, who, who saw his stuff, you know, I mean, as early as Toruman and and into Dragon Gate and all that know how good he is. But I think a lot of people kind of forgot, you know, or that didn't realize that he's still wrestling at such a high caliber just because he's, you know, he's a freelancer and that's how he prefers to be doesn't mean that he's just some, you know, he's some washed up scrub, um, you know, and he definitely brought his A game against Okada, but... You know, I mean, since since Okada started last year's G1, it has been old school dominating Rainmaker Okada. And there were times where it looked like Shima was very, very close to beating the Rainmaker. It just was not in the cards for Shima. And, you know, Okada wins. Uh, Naito versus Cobb, you know, they, they battled at Wrestle Kingdom. And the best part of their match at Wrestle Kingdom to me was the strategy of Naito leading up to the match. You know, they always have these these preview matches for, you know, for some, you know, for Wrestle Kingdom, it's definitely a couple weeks leading up to the actual Wrestle Kingdom, and they'll wrestle in these tag matches. Every single chance that Naito got in the ring with Jeff Cobb, he attacked his leg and went right for the knee would drop kick the knee and stretch and twist. And, you know, to hit, to to Naito, that was the way to beat Cobb. You know, you're obviously not going to match Cobb for power. Um, you know, a guy Naito's size is not known for his heavy strikes. So he realized that that was not going to be the way he was going to beat Oca- uh, Jeff Cobb. He had to take the power base away from Jeff Cobb. And so in their match leading up to WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom, he continually attacked Jeff Cobb's leg. And in their match at Wrestle Kingdom, Jeff Cobb already walked in with his leg banged up. And Naito attacked it and attacked it and attacked it. And at the point where it looked like Cobb was still going to to dominate and win, he was going for the tour of the islands and his knee buckled. And, And Naito was able to to hit him with Destino and and pin him uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. Naito followed a very similar strategy going into this match, um, you know, only a few months later. In their preview matches, he was trying his best to attack the knee. Um, it didn't have as much of an effect on Cobb this time around, uh, but Naito still was able to, to, to do enough damage to slow down Jeff Cobb and eventually get him and roll him up 
You know, Naito has has won every round thus far with a a cradle or a roll up type pin. He has not hit a proper Destino and pinned somebody yet. Um, so that you know, he, Naito showing his his unpredictability and his diversity, and I think that's what's been throwing off his opponents in this tournament, including Jeff Cobb, is that he doesn't have to. He's not a one trick pony. He doesn't just have to rely on one move to beat you. Um, he can beat you a lot of different ways. And from a lot of different directions that you normally wouldn't see, and that's what he did to Cobb, and he beat him, and it was another another outstanding match between these two. Um, just you know, two two different matches between four very different competitors, um, and you know now we're at least on the left hand side of the bracket, we're looking at you know one of the long standing great rivalries in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of the last ten years, um, once again as just a semifinal, not even the finals of the New Japan Cup, just a semifinal matchup. You know, as Okada prevailed and Naito prevailed. You know, yeah. these guys have been battling since 2013, and uh, and every single time they put on outstanding matches. I think uh, they're, uh, you know, they have have a very back and forth win loss record, and. You know, Okada is the champion and wants to blast through the New Japan Cup and win it as champion. And Naito's still looking to get himself back as champion. You know, he 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 challenged Okada just a month ago for that championship, and Okada beat him. So Naito's looking to get, you know, to get back at that title picture. And the way to do it is to beat Okada in the New Japan Cup, even if Naito doesn't win the finals. If he's able to beat Okada in the Japan Cup, he'll find himself back in title contention. Yeah. On the other side, my gosh, what another side. And what a couple of matches. Sex Jr. versus Will Ospreay. You never get tired of seeing that man. No, uh, no. And Shingo over, over Hiromu. Yeah, and that was, you know, a lot, two, yet again, two very different matches. Um, you know, Shingo and Hiromu, you know, they're in the same faction. They travel, they train, and, you know, and team together. Um, you know, Shingo was a junior heavyweight for several years in New Japan before moving up to heavyweight and eventually claiming the world championship. Um, and Hiromu's been the one to to continue to try to hold down and be the star of the junior heavyweight division. Hiromu said that if he won the New Japan Cup, he would not challenge Okada for the heavyweight championship. He would challenge El Desperado for the junior heavyweight championship and make the junior heavyweight championship main event at a major venue, um, which is part of his goal, to not go up to heavyweight, but to bring junior heavyweight wrestling to to prominence and have them possibly you know, main event a Tokyo Dome event. Um so, you know, they went in. It was a very – it was not a heated rivalry, but, you know, it was a very, very fierce competition among friends. And a lot of times, you know, it looked like Hiromu was just going to get smashed through, but he kept fighting and powering back. And several moments it looked like Hiromu was going to do it and was going to beat Shingo and, and move on to the, to the semifinals. But – you know, it came down to the power of Shingo. Um, and, you know, Shingo was able to beat him. And Shingo, like Naito, is looking to make his way back into title contention. You know, Shingo was the former champion, lost 
at night one of Wrestle Kingdom and has has struggled to find footing ever since. Um, you know, once you lose that championship, there is very seldom you know the the quote unquote automatic rematch clause and all this. They don't they don't really do that in New Japan. So you lose the championship, you fall down the card very very quickly. Um, as in so quickly that Shingo was in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom Night One. He lost the championship. He was in a pre-show tag match on night two. That's how quickly and how far you fall after losing the championship. Um, so Shingo's looking to get back into that title contention and get a rematch with Okada. Uh, and, you know, both men were extremely determined to reach their, meet their goals, but Shingo was just stronger. And, uh, and was able to beat Hiromu. And, you know, Hiromu afterwards says, now do it. Now you go and win it for us. Um, just an outstanding match. You know, emotional at times because they are, you know, s- such good friends and fierce rivals at the same time. Um, and then you move on to Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, who is, it's a rivalry of a very different kind. You know, these guys have never really been friends. They've always had intense matches. Um, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. essentially was, you know, kind of one of the first Brit Rest era breakout stars. A guy who broke out of, you know, the British wrestling scene and into the United States and into Japan. And, you know, and Will Ospreay essentially was able to follow in the footsteps that Zack helped lay down, you know, with, with several others. But that Zack helped lay down and made his way into the U.S. and made his way into Japan. Um, and there's always kind of been this this little brother, big brother, you know, heated rivalry between these two. But it since Osprey embraced his 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 villainous side and founded the United Empire, uh, the rivalry between them has been that much more intense. And this one was fucking intense. Um, you know, Zach would even go on to say in his post show comments. There were quite a few times he said during that match where he blacked out, where he went black and didn't know where he was for a couple seconds and snapped back in and, and realized, oh, shit, I'm still wrestling a match. Um, you know, just because that's that's how hard they were hitting each other. I mean, there was the slap exchange where they started sitting down and stood up and, you know, just such quick reversals and exchanges because these guys know each other so well. They've, tr- you know, they've, they fought each other so many times. You know, they trained and wrestled in all the same places. Um, you know, mentoring under most of the same type people, um, the similar styles, and you know uh, what some would consider a controversial finish. As Osprey immediately after submitting claimed he did not tap and that it was a uh, a fast call by red shoes um i for one saw you know as soon as zach hooked him in that that last submission turned him over uh osprey's arms were flapping and his right hand slapped the thigh of zaps of zach several times and that's and red shoes saw that as a as a tap out and stopped the match osprey you know mad as anything you know i didn't tap i was just trying to fight the move uh you know and 
the whole United Empire, you know, trying to to sing his claim, saying that he didn't tap, and you know, knowing knowing Osprey and and his his arrogance, especially the last couple years, um, yeah, he he probably will. His character will never really admit that he tapped, even though it was that's what the official decision was. Um, you know, Osprey yet again lost the championship at Wrestle Kingdom, was looking to make the New Japan Cup as his way to get back at the title. And Zack Sabre Jr. once again submits Osprey. Um, and Zack Sabre Jr. is in the final four. Uh, just outstanding match. Had me jumping out of my seat several times. Uh, yeah. And yeah, an amazing victory by, by Zack. And as you mentioned, I can't claim that I've ever seen a bad Zack Sabre Jr. match. But when he turns it up, it is into another level. And somebody like Caliber Osprey is able to meet and match him at that other level, and and they can just make magic. Especially this Osprey, right? Because he's a different type of Osprey that Zach has, is facing now. Um, yeah, he's more Osprey is from another level. Yeah, he's not just he's not just doing flips to do cool moves. <coughs> he's more aggressive. He's got more power. He's more calculated in his attacks. Um, but, I mean, you saw in some of those those back-and-forth reversal segments, although Osprey managed to to add a lot of size and power, he did, he has not lost any of his speed. He is still yeah. lightning fast. Um, and that is crazy. It, it's, yeah, it really is. You start – I mean, uh, Kevin Kelly likes to joke with Jeff Cobb about how it's just unfair – when Jeff Cobb like does his standing moonsault, he's like, "How is a guy that big with that much power like still that still able to do a moonsault? Like that's not fair for the rest of us who have to, you know, who have to literally compete when he can do so much." Um, Osprey essentially is that too. He's just he can do so so much, and he just keeps finding ways to do more and more and more. Yeah. So here you go. We got our, our final four: Okada versus Naito, and Saxon with Junior versus Shingo. Uh, do you have a prediction for the finals? My personal prediction is: you know, at, at, we've said for several years. I've said for several years. You cannot really bet against the Rainmaker. It is it is a fool's bet to bet against Okada, even when he was at his seeming lowest. It was a fool's bet to bet against Okada. Um, since blasting to the G1 the way he did, blasting through two very different opponents in the main event of Night 1 and Night 2 of Wrestle Kingdom, this is an Okada that is just, he's just above everybody else. That's that's flat out the story of it. Um, so I see him going through Naito. It's, good, it's not going to be easy. Um, because their matches versus each other are always very, very back and forth. And I think that Naito's probably won just about as many as Okada has in their rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it Okada makes it to the finals. And if Zack Sabre Jr., you know, with several days rest between his, between their match, you know, their, their quarterfinals and into the semifinals, um, I think that Zack Sabre Jr. can can make it to the finals again. You know, Zack Zach won the New Japan Cup in 2018. 
submitting Tanahashi in in the finals. Um, Zach submitted Shingo in the G1. Um, you know, while Shingo was still champion, and Zach challenged for the championship, and Shingo beat him um, with the championship on the line, but. I think Zach can win and make to the finals, and then I probably have to give the finals to Okada, which essentially, you know, yet again, it's 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 a fool's bet to bet against the Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, I've been accused of being a fool many times. I, I actually have the same prediction, Okada versus uh, Zach Sabre Jr., but I think, I think that Zach Sabre Jr. will just pull it off here. And uh, defeat the Rainmaker. Uh, I mean, I, if that is the finals, I will be happy either way. I'm not going to be upset if either man wins. Um, because essentially it means that we would see, you know, if Zach wins, it's it guarantees that we'll see that match again. And it'll be for the championship. And it'll be another main event in a big stadium. Um, you know. And if Okada wins, then he essentially gets to pick his next challenger. That's part of the thing he gets to do after winning the Japan Cup as champion. He very well could pick Zach and say, dude, you like brought it in a way you haven't brought it to me in a long time. I want to fight you again. So there's a possibility that we might see them fight again for the championship. Um, you know, just just a month a month, you know, a month down the road or something. Uh if it if, if that's the finals um but i you know both of these matches and the finals look to be to be really exciting and you know we say it all the time and then blah 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 blah. but you know the guys the wrestlers really turn it up when it comes to these tournaments g1 best super juniors new japan cup they turn it up and tr- and treat essentially every match as a possible main event um mm-hmm. and you get four, and we have four main event level talent um, as the final four. So the next three matches, no matter which way they go, are, are all going to be really exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking about uh, – let's segue to something else. This is something you brought up on our little chat group, Danny. Uh, uh, it's something you have seen on Twitter as uh, uh, talking about your favorite match of somebody who you don't like. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, your your le- your favorite match featuring your least favorite wrestler. Um, and I, you know, I saw that and I looked at people's answers and. You know, people were saying, uh, uh, what was one of them? Uh, you know, quite a few people said Shawn Michaels versus Mankind uh, from In Your House uh, Mind Games. Because a lot of people have soured over Sha- on Shawn Michaels over the years as kind of word has come out about, you know, his, his behavior, especially at that time as, you know, this politicking kind of backstage guy and how everyone just kind of put up with it because he was selling he was selling merch. He was selling tickets. Um, you know, they just put up with his crummy attitude. Uh, and so a lot of people, you know, have, have soured over, on Sean over the years and kind of consider them one of their least favorite guys. And 
that is an outstanding match uh, by both guys, no matter which way you look at it. Um, you know, one of one of Sean's best, and and definitely one of one of mankind's best from that era. Um, you know, he did a lot of wacky stuff, but not a lot of those matches have the rewatchability that that one does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really struggling with trying to find my answer for this. I, I want to hear what you say. Um, you know, okay. if you have one answer or a few, well, I want to hear I, your kind of thought process going into it also. So, okay. So I, the, the way I thought about it is everybody who I don't like right now, as far as stateside, hasn't had a good match. But I can't even say they've been in a good match. So I had to I had to actually go back into my memory uh, and and think about something that I you know back in the day and I was like okay well I can't think of anything in the U.S. because every everybody who most people don't like in the U.S. I I like I do like so um, yeah that that's that's part true yeah so so I had to go outside myself so, so then I thought okay well who do I really despise like, uh. And so Kigushi came into my mind. Like, well, okay. I really don't like Kigushi, and yeah. I really don't like uh, Yano. Right? Yeah, uh, so yeah, those one guys in New Japan who you are not a fan. So, of, like, yeah. all right. So let me think about it. And then I thought, okay, well, there's no Yano match I've ever enjoyed, so forget about that. Uh, now, as much as I dislike Kigushi, and as I dislike the German. Yeah, I, I will admit he's had some some good matches, and a match that I actually enjoyed a lot uh, back in the day. Of course, mm-hmm. because I'm a huge Kenny Omega mark. Uh, is uh, when Golden Lovers defeated Kigushi and 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 Devin for the Junior Tag Titles. Okay. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I, you know, may not necessarily be the best match in the world, but yeah, you know, it's and a that's, match I that's part of the point. Yeah, it's not, it's not the necessarily your favorite match. It doesn't have to be in your top favorites. It just has to be your favorite match featuring somebody that you really don't want. And I, a lot of them, I saw were tag matches like that, you know, so that essentially the person you don't like isn't featured that much because there's so many other people in the match. Right. And it's the reason why I even watched the match in the first place is because it had it to was go to the lower. And yeah, yeah. was there. And I'm like, well, you know, is she, right? Yeah. He just has like to be there. I don't like the gimmick of him, but when he turns on the seriousness, he's he's a very good wrestler. He really is. He is. Um, very especially, especially several years ago, you know, before he... He leans so much into the silly gimmick. Um, you know, I think now he's he leans into it a lot more and doesn't really crank up the seriousness as often. Um, I really was like you. I was I was kind of thinking like if I don't like somebody, like I don't like watching their matches. It doesn't matter who who else they're against. I don't really enjoy their matches because I don't enjoy what they're contributing to the match. You know, I right. I I am a a flair hater. And so I was trying to think of, you know, starting with Rick, with Rick. And I was trying to think of, you know, if there are any Ric Flair matches that I'm like, you know what? That's actually not a bad match. I enjoy it. I've watched it, you know, 
I would say it, it to me it's a good match if I can go back and watch it more than one time. It's something mm-hmm. I enjoy. Um, I cannot honestly say that there has been any Ric Flair match that I've watched and been like, you know what, that was good enough that I want to go back and watch it again another time. Um, so Ric Flair was out. And then, of course, we get to his daughter, Charlotte Flair, who's probably one, you know, my least favorite, one of my actives, because I was trying to think of a lot of different people. And I was thinking, you know, well, you know, yeah, you know, they're, they're not that great, but like, I, I understand what they do or their matches are, are passable or they've had some performances that just kind of wow me, you know, and I just go, wow, they really like, they really turned it up for that match. And it's, it's something I can watch. Um, but I was trying to think with Charlotte Flair and I thought long and hard. I was trying to sit here and go, well, what's, you know, a match of hers that I'm like, wow, that was a good performance by her. That was a good match. Like, but I couldn't, you know, her match with Asuka at uh, WrestleMania, you know, not only was it disappointing because I was still rooting for Asuka as she was undefeated at the time, and this was her first WrestleMania, um, you know, she had just won the, the Royal Rumble, and I'm such a huge Asuka fan, and Charlotte, you know, the, the finish, but also thinking back, like the structure of the match just didn't have what I would consider something to wa- to want to watch a bunch of times. Um, you know, I was trying to think of Charlotte's matches with Becky Lynch. Um, you know, of course, they've had a long, a long series. Or, you know, Charlotte versus Sasha. And, you know, Becky's one of my favorites. And Sasha's somebody I really like. But, you know, it essentially comes down to those matches with Flair are just not ones that I want to go back, back and watch. Um, and so I kind of got stumped on this one. I essentially got stumped on my own question. I got yeah, stuck in my head with Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair. And once I couldn't find matches for them, I was trying to think of other people who, like, I don't really like. But had seen the, the Flair Hall and go to, uh, you know, the Suns. Well, I, well, well you know, it's, that's a whole oh. goodness, a whole different ballgame. But I started, like, going, trying to think, like, into, you know, mo- you know, modern wrestlers, either independent or, you know, in WWE or, or Impact or, or AEW. And I was kind of just like, no, it's it's still like if I don't like you, if I don't really like somebody, like I'm not going to watch a match of them a lot of times, even if I really like the other person or other people in the match. Um, that's just, you know, some people will go see a really bad movie because they like, you know, one of the actors. I've never been one to do that. Like if it's a crummy movie and they're in it, like I'm, it's, you know, cool. Yeah, I really like actor X or I really like wrestler X, but if they wrestle somebody I don't like, or they have a bad match, like I'm not going to go watch it and say it's good when it's bad. Um, So I essentially stumped myself on my own question and realistically could not think of, uh, of one that would apply for this. Well, there you go. Guys, stop. Stop yourself. I stumped the rest of you. So I was hoping that we would have Eric or Mika with us, but I was talking to Eric a little earlier, and the power went out at his house sometime around eight thirty. And uh, uh, well, that his, his he said he said his phone was only at you know forty percent or so at the time. So uh, he's like, "Yeah, if if my if the power's not back on, then I can't be on my phone for a few hours uh, because yeah, I'll need my alarm in the morning." <laughs> Hopefully my phone survives the night. 
if the power doesn't right. come from the car. So that's that's why he's not here. But I would have also liked to hear his answer because he has he has quite a bit different taste than you and I do as far as wrestlers and stuff. And yeah, I know there's a lot he doesn't like. So I would have liked to hear him him possibly praise somebody who he does nothing but shit on. Right. Um, well, we'll, we'll always have next week. Yeah, we could po- pose it to him another time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it is that time again. It is your live WrestleMania, the season of, you know, that all wrestling fans love and adore is here. So, so the road to WrestleMania is in full We're almost there. I know that we went back to in every other week's schedule, but for purposes of, well, it's WrestleMania. We are going back to back to back weeks again. Uh, and well, let, let's start with uh, just kind of taking a look at what's going on. And today, actually, uh, we had the finals of the Women's Dusty Classic. Uh, oh, yeah, and Katie Ray defeated Dakota Kai and Wendy Shoes. So they are moving on to face uh. The tag team champions, toxic attraction. Uh, I don't think they've announced the first fan and deliver, but it's possibly could happen there. That would be my guess, yeah, that it will happen at, at stand deliver. Is that's the next big event? But yeah, it hasn't. I don't think they officially announced it yet. But I mean, I mean the, the stand and deliver has currently six matches. Uh, okay. Of stand and deliver will air live. Uh, on Saturday, April second at twelve PM Eastern. Yeah, yeah. Very uh, usual to have a takeover start at lunchtime, but apparently that's the way they're doing it this year. Takeover at lunchtime, and then well, that, uh, that, that's what they did. That's how they did it the first ever take uh, NXT show uh, uh, WrestleMania weekend a long, long uh, time ago. Kind of. That was kind of like when. Before NXT really kind of blew up, though. Yeah, because remember, it, it was, uh, oh, what was his name? Kenta, uh, he, he won, like, a uh, tournament yeah. or something, yeah. and he ended up... Yeah, and then he was uh, with a go-to-sleep, and, and it wasn't televised, and everybody, like, lost their shit, because that was the first time yeah. he'd ever hit Right. Uh, yeah, 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 that was, yeah, it was kind of like an, it was basically like an Axis show mm. or something. Yeah, WWE right. Axis um, so, stand and deliver, though. We, we have so far six matches announced. LA Knight versus Gunther. Dolph Ziggler uh, will be defending the NXT Championship against Braun Breaker. Imperium will be defending the uh, tag team titles against the Creed Brothers and MSK. Um, Mandy Rose will be defending the Women's Championship in a steel cage match against Cora Jade. Tommaso Ciampa will be facing off against Tony D'Angelo. And Carmelo Hayes will be defending the North American Championship in a federal five-way ladder match against Santos Escobar, Grayson Waller, Solo Sikoa, 
uh, and the winner was Cameron Grimes. And uh, let's see here, or the winner of Roger Strong and A Kit. Uh, so one of those guys. I know, I know that. Yeah, they still TV. So uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's an action-packed stand-and-deliver show, uh, yeah. special on Saturday, live on Peacock in the United yes. States. Live on Peacock at noon. Yeah, as as they're, as the new way, I guess, is uh, at least for this year, I think it's WWE's attempt at trying to squash all the indie piggybacking that's come about the last several years. Um, well, that yeah. and the fact that they're super booked. I mean, they got SmackDown uh, on Fox and the Hall of Fame on Friday night. Oh, I forgot the Hall of Fame was also Friday. I thought Hall of Fame was Saturday. Oh, yeah, and then they're doing two nights of WrestleMania. That's also it. That's what I didn't think about. Yeah, so you have WrestleMania on Saturday and Sunday. I Somewhere in my head, I thought that it was uh, SmackDown Friday and then NXT Midday. Hall of Fame and then wrestle and then rest you know Hall of Fame that night or something, uh, but yeah it's yeah it's it's wild this year it's a whole lot of stuff in several days and that's only the WWE stuff that doesn't include if you're paying attention to any of the other promotions that will be in Dallas, yeah. you know that it is the years. most stupendous WrestleMania of all time whatever stupendous means just means good just means really yeah. good. Just a different word they wanted to use because they probably they haven't used stupendous to describe WrestleMania yet. <laughs> well, though this is the of all of the stupendous WrestleMania, this is the most stupendous most. of them all. Um, two nights at WrestleMania at Dallas Stadium or AT and T Stadium in in Dallas, Fort Worth, Irving. Uh, I'll be there live. I'll be there for both shows. Um, so, but are you that in, in a few minutes? Okay. Um, yeah, we'll talk about where you'll be. Another show that I will be at will be on Friday night. I arrive Friday afternoon. And yeah, be jealous, Danny. I will be at Tony Camp Presents Ring of Honor Super Card of Honor. Wow, that Mark has put himself all over that since he bought Ring of Honor. They were like, wow. that first press release was like, Tony Khan has booked the match that fans have been waiting for. Briscoe's Rose up here. Tony Khan's Super Card of Honor. Uh, uh, he's, uh. Yeah, but it, it, See, that, it's going to be a good show. I'll, I'll definitely be watching it. I'm still an Honor Club member, actually. Uh, and okay. kind of letting this decide how this show goes. If I plan to continue my Honor Subs Club subscription into this this Tony Khan era, um, yeah, because you're going to start giving Tony Khan money. How, how do you feel about that? Want to or not, based on based on how good the show is, because we've heard a lot of speculation oh, about what Ring of Honor will become uh, under yeah. under him. You know, <laughs> it's obvious it's not going to be competition for All Elite anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're never going to be granted that same level, you know, on the same level as, as All Elite because All Elite's the prime. It's the same as NXT. You know, NXT is never going to have a championship match, you know, 
main event WrestleMania. Okay, yeah. and you know yeah. they're always going to be a secondary product because the point is to make to build you up in NXT, get you experience working in front of a crowd with your character, and then move you to Raw and SmackDown and put you in WrestleMania. And that's what we're hearing from the possibility of Ring of Honors that that's it's essentially going to be their developmental. You know, AEW Dark is basically going to become Ring of Honor, and you know people there'll be some some vets in there. And you have a lot of young, younger talent, and when they feel they're ready, then they'll jump them back onto onto Rampage and Dynamite and, and pay per view. Um, new water, a new power plant. Yeah. Oh uh, goodness, goodness. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. So he, here's the lineup so far: winner takes all, undisputed Ring of Honor World Championship, Millennial Champion Jonathan Gresham against the actual Bandido. Yeah, it's funny uh, how many people actually say that Jonathan Gresham is the real Ring of Honor World Champion. Yes, he holds the championship, but it is the older version of the championship. Bandito was not able to defend his belt, but he was not officially stripped of that championship. So Jonathan Gresham essentially became the interim champion. No. He's not given the title champion yet. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it'll be a winner-take-all. And yet again, we'll see. You know, neither of them have yet to sign a deal with with Tony Khan or his all-elite organization. Jonathan Gresham just became the, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, progress champion. Yeah, which is also considered a world championship. Mm Mm-hmm. The progress, course, progress, you know, I mean, they somewhat, they were somewhat of a feeling for NXT UK. Yeah, yeah, they, they kind of, yeah, they, they were kind of this. Basically, they were kind of doing what Evolve did here in the United States. You know, as they kind of feed guys into, um, into NXT. Progress was was kind of that. You know, yeah, a very a very loose WWE affiliate. Um, I don't think no. that's kind of the case the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, no, I think after ownership, like the oh yeah, all that, yeah, all that, yeah, all that me too stuff. Yeah, they were just wrestlers. And, all right. that. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the match made possible only by Tony Khan. Tony Khan. Uh, nobody else. You might call this the Tony Khan Invitational. Uh, yeah. The Briscoes versus FTR for the ROH Tag Team Title. It started with a war of words many, many months ago. You know when when the Briscoes, you know, who've always claimed themselves to be one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, you know, FTR was was started dogging them on it and being like, "Dude, you guys are 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 nowhere near that top list of, of all time tag teams." And it went from there, and it went to the point where at Ring of Honor's final battle, FTR showed up and after the Briscoes won the tag championships and brawled with them. You know, uh, a parking lot Pier Six style brawl, piles of people going in there trying to separate all four men. Um, you know, and that was one of the things that kept ROH in people's mouths, honestly, is people were wanting to see this match and people were wanting to see the Briscoes with those championships everywhere they went, hoping that FTR would show up somewhere else and try to fight him or try to challenge them. And we would finally get that match. Um, you know, then word came out a few weeks ago prior to, um, 
Tony Khan purchasing ROH, that the Briscoes essentially were not all elite material. Um, somewhere, television execs with Turner uh, did not want the Briscoes being on television because of Jay Briscoe's 2013 uh, a tweet. You know, very it was a very offensive tweet, and it upset a lot of people, even to the point where Ring of Honor distanced themselves from Jay Briscoe, made him publicly apologize in the ring, stripped him of the championship, kept him off TV for a while before allowing him to kind of come back in the company. Um, so basically, all elites afraid that people will dig that controversy up again and it'll reflect poorly on them. And I understand that to an extent, but the problem with that is, is that was 2013. That was nine years ago. The problem with getting mad at somebody about something they did that long ago, um, you... You, you kind of forego the possibility that people can change and people can learn from their mistakes and people can grow and become better people. Um, you know, they I think the TNC exec basically just saw what happened with Brian Kendrick. You know, they brought him in for one show and people dug up some stuff that he said from several years ago that was pretty terrible sounding. And, you know... They saw the negative that it gave, and they were, they're were they afraid that if they do the same with Jay Briscoe, the same thing's going to happen. Um, and I get that. You know, you don't want to support people that say bad things and that have bad attitudes and, 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 and thought processes. But at the same time, like, we as humans have to believe that people can change and that people can get better and people can grow and learn from their mistakes and become better people. And anybody who, who is close to the Briscoes and knows the Briscoes and all that, you know, has said for several years that Jay Briscoe is a very different person he was in 2013. Um, you know, back then he was, he was very angry and violent. And th somehow in his twisted head, he thought that that was, that was the way that, that his spirituality was telling him. Violence against, against homosexuals and people who supported them. And he grew as a person. He his kid he has several kids and his kids grew up and he's seen he's seen things a different way and he realizes how how misguided he was and how misguided his thoughts and his words were and that's not the person he is anymore and you know numerous people have in, around him have said that you know that that he is very different and he has grown and changed and that's not who he is anymore but he did say those things and he said them on a public forum and people will not forget them um, but the problem is is that now it comes to people aren't expecting the Briscoes to win that match because Tony Khan now owns Ring of Honor and that would essentially mean if he he's they would be representatives of a company that he owns by holding those championships. So so the match lose is going to it's still going to be a hell of a match. These got these guys are going to damn bring it, but it kind of loses a little bit of the luster when it's when the, the finish is is pretty much pre, you, you kind of see the finish coming from a long ways away. Um, they could always surprise us. They could always do something different. And, you know, hey, the Briscoes stick around, maybe with All Elite as free agents. Maybe they sign a contract. Um, you know, maybe they do stay a part of, of the Ring of Honor. But in my eyes, a Ring of Honor without... The Briscoe Brothers is not a Ring of Honor that I want to be a part of. If 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 this Ring of Honor somehow feels that it is too good for the Briscoe Brothers, 
then it's it's not something that that it's not the ring of honor that I know and love. It's a very different thing. And so that's why I kind of have to test the waters with the Supercard show and see if see possibly how Ring of Honor may change and if it's a product that we want to support monetarily right out the gate. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, if not, you can always watch it on the next uh, at Dark or Dark Elevation. Well, there's a put, yeah, potentially. And, uh, you know, there's, there's also word that, uh, you know, since All Elite signed that deal with HBO Max, the hope is that, you know, Ring of Honor, at least the, the old tape library, will find a home with All Elite Wrestling uh, as well, streaming on HBO Max. So, if if I don't want to be a part of the new Ring of Honor, I can always go back and live the current Ring of Honor, or the past Ring of Honor in its glory days on HBO Max. Well, and through yeah, course, extensive yeah. DVD collection. Yeah. They're still coming out. Still. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll be a fun show. Uh, uh, the rest of the show, uh, Swerve uh, versus Alex Zane, Joe Hendry versus somebody, Ninja Max yeah, versus somebody, Jay versus Lee Moriarty. So, yeah. Uh, already so, sounds like a fun show. And then, of course, the show shows. Um, the impact of multitudes, multiverses. Um, multi- yeah, well, Mania, WrestleMania, okay. Saturday yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's the one. Come on, Bell. That's our original world here for. Uh, night one, Becky Lynch defends the women's championship against Bianca Belair. Then Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul. See, this time I did get the right wrestler. Um, there you go. Paul, Paul Logan or Paul Hogan. Yeah. Uh, lo- well, no, remember last, last week I thought that uh, the Miz was wrestling uh, John Nashville. Oh, yeah. You got, yeah, you got him. Yeah. It's Knoxville, not Nashville. So you got it wrong in, in multiple ways. That's listen. Yeah. I don't care. Nashville, Knoxville, Xville. It's Tennessee. Who cares? Um. Oh, by the way, speaking of Nashville, SummerSlam tickets are available now. Uh, for your Saturday extravaganza. Uh, this year. Uh, oh, it'll be Nashville, Summer Tennessee. Slam. SummerSlam is on a Saturday this year. Interesting. Interesting. It was a big hit last year. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I you know, and and it seems that you know all elites kind of doing Saturdays, and you know, I I think that the the shift might be changing. You know, to where Sunday isn't always the money day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, then kids got to go to school on Monday. Man. Yeah, kids got to go to school. Parents got to go to work. You don't want to stay up till midnight to travel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. The the Usos defend the tag team titles versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Charlotte Flair defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. Uh, on WrestleMania Sunday. Oh, and and also, what what is rumored to be the headliner? The most stupendous Kevin Owens show ever. Your host Kevin Owens 
Ball comes. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, hell yeah. That actually rumored to be the headliner of the event. They're going to headline a WrestleMania with a non-wrestling wrestling segment. Really? That, that That's the rumor. Well, also, uh, as of the uh, Charlotte Flair versus uh, Ronda Rousey was kind of seen as the, the night one's main event, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But it is possible because of, of, of people's want to see Austin that he might get the main slot, even though it's not an official match and it's a WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That... Stretching WrestleMania out to two nights to an extent kind of drops down the magic a little bit, um, you know, of WrestleMania and that one magic night and that anything happens and all this when it kind of breaks into two parts. Um, but if you literally have one of those nights end with just a talk segment and a, and a small brawl and a happy celebration, it really will make WrestleMania at least night one, feel very feel very small and just like another episode of, of weekly television. Yeah. Um, what do I say? Uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, and I think, well, Austin says he's preparing himself for more than just a segment. He's going to give one okay. last, uh, can, okay. one last can of will pass. Yeah, yeah, he's he's trying to tell people that it's going to be more than them just talking. It's going to be a fight, you know. And it probably will hey, for about hey, your 45 hey, seconds listen. until one of them hits a stunner, okay? It, 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 if people don't get Bianca in the main event of WrestleMania, this is what's going to make people happy. I, that's true. It really should be Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch because they have a program that's been running for six months now, um, you know where Becky Lynch screwed her out of the championship and screwed her out of her rematch and ever since then has kind of been trying to duck her. This is supposed to be the moment where Bianca Belair gets her final win over the villain and reclaims her championship, you know, because the tricks of Becky Lynch will not will not happen and, and will not work at WrestleMania. So that should be the main event. But, you know, Charlotte Flair... Uh, Ronda Rousey. Old guys coming back out of retirement to talk. Um, always take precedent. Hey, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay? I love Stone Cold. He was the, you know, the icon of our wrestling era. But the man's living a good... He, all, I mean, he suffered horrendous injuries. Broken neck. Both of his knees were just ripped apart. And reattached in surgery multiple times. The guy's living a comfortable life. You know, he has a ranch. He's doing well, you know, working with WWE. He's doing well outside of WWE, you know, with his podcast and his talk show and his, his own beer and all this stuff. I, for Austin's sake, I don't want him risking his permanent health for one more payday and one more glory. I would rather him not come back and continue to do what he's doing and live a healthy and happy life than go in there and have a match that really doesn't need to happen and possibly end up in a wheelchair. Um, that I mean, that's that's the reality of it for me as a wrestling fan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's as we've seen, it's quality of life after wrestling. Um, and as much as we all want to see him come back, like it's not going to be the Austin of 2003. Okay, it's not going to be the Austin of 1999. Um, you know, he, but once that breaks, any injury he sustains is going to be that much more severe. He's going to take that much longer to heal and going to be that much more complicated of a healing process. He's already has a bad neck. He's got two bad knees. Um, you know, I, I don't want him ended up in a wheelchair just, just so we can have one more big feel good moment with the glass breaking and a beer bash at the end. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want him risking risking his life. Basically, you know, I don't want one final Ram Jam and him to die in the ring. Okay, mm-hmm. don't do the Ram Jam, Randy. All right, well, it's it's happening. It's unfortunately it's happening. All right, WrestleMania Saturday, uh, WrestleMania Sunday. Uh, you got Quinn, Serena, and Carmella defending the uh, Women's Tag Team Championship against Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Um, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in Anything Goes match. Uh, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Edge versus AJ Styles. RK Bro versus the Street Profit versus the Alpha Academy for the Royal Tag Team Titles. And Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a title versus title unification match. Winner takes all. And rumored, of course, is that Cody Rhodes has signed with the and he will face off against Seth Rollins. Giving Rollins the match that he also wants at WrestleMania. So, so have so I know that the uh, Roman versus Brock match is being announced as winner takes all, but has it been officially announced as like a unification match? Meaning, there after that match, there will only be one championship. It, it, it hasn't. It hasn't okay. been. I, don't think, no, I haven't. Specifically heard anything, but it could have been said. It it could be, it could not, but I I didn't know if I couldn't remember if it had been said as like a unification or whether it was essentially just one guy's gonna you know they're gonna do the double title gimmick. Um, yeah, maybe next time I watch SmackDown, I'll unmute it so I can hear what <laughs> At least turn on subtitles or something. Maybe that requires reading. Yeah, I don't want to read while I see things. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, you get yeah, it. yeah, and so yeah, it was rumored, you know, been rumored ever since he left All Elite that Cody Rhodes was going to come back to WWE. Um, and yeah, it was announced the other day <coughs> by a couple of your dirty sheet sites that Cody Rhodes had uh, had signed with World Wrestling Entertainment once again. Uh, but that information has not been yet confirmed by World Wrestling Entertainment themselves. Mm-hmm. So, we just we surprised. it was told that, you know, everybody thought that, you know, every single time Seth Rollins was coming out to the ring, that Cody Rhodes would be following him, and they would announce the match, and that has not happened yet. 
Well, they could always do like they did with uh, John Cena and Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah, he basically just comes out and it's like an open challenge kind of, you know, yeah. Right. And that, and that's where it's leading right now because as we get closer and closer. But it seemed like the last few weeks that Seth was kind of kind of fishing for an opponent, looking to, for somebody to, you know, to have a, a big caliber match with a mania. Um, yeah, somebody who so has the brass ring. Yeah. Somebody has the name. Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Many but it, it'll be it'll be see uh, what all uh, comes up now. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a long weekend, tiring weekend. I mean, I only have pizza schedule, but um, who knows what is gonna happen while yeah. I'm in Dallas? You're gonna get a cowboy. That's what's gonna happen. Come back with a cowboy hat. And well, and only get that southern accent that you've so desperately been needing. Yeehaw, yeehaw, indeed. Uh, but with that, I close out. We will be making our WrestleMania predictions. Uh, the week of WrestleMania, as we, we had all we still have uh, next week, uh, to see what else you know comes up and happens. Between now and then, we have SmackDown this Friday. Uh, we have Monday Night Raw on Monday. And then we'll be back next Tuesday uh, for a jam-packed edition of the of FOW Live. FOW Live, the 90th episode as we uh, close out the road to WrestleMania. Um, depending on how much voice I have or don't have when I get back from WrestleMania, Danny may be the one hosting this show uh, two <laughs> weeks' time. when we are, We're back to recap. WrestleMania uh, and, and the week that was in Dallas. Uh, but stay tuned, guys. Make sure you follow us on all uh, all, all places you can hear podcasts. iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Blurb. Um, yeah, so check us out also on the, on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. Danger. Eric's on Twitter when he has power at EJ423X. Mika's on Twitter wherever she is at Mika Villas. I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.